Live from the backstretch at historic Saratoga Racecourse, this is Racing Across America with Seth Merrow. Racing Across America is brought to you by Pennell's Restaurant, a Saratoga tradition since 1922. 284 Jefferson Street, Saratoga, just minutes from the track. And the Clubhouse Racebook, 711 Central Avenue, Albany. When you can't make it to the track, make it to the Clubhouse Racebook. Good morning and welcome to Racing Across America on this Wednesday morning as we kick off uh, week number four. Uh, and I am thrilled because my next guest is in the house, too, uh, because I left my phone at home. Usually I text people reminders. I left my phone at home, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I think we're all set. Everybody seemed game to go uh, when I texted them yesterday. But we have our next guest up. It's Matt Miller, winner of the uh, 2021 BCBC. We'll talk a little contest strategy with Matt and more, get a couple ideas this afternoon as well looking forward to uh, later on jose santos jr again the uh, son of the former jockey of a funny side jose santos but he's gone off and kind of i would say revolutionized the whole jockey agent uh, side of things so we'll talk to jose santos jr a little bit later on but as always on a wednesday it's our regular visit from the uh, rotation over at the Saratoga Special. This week, our friend Tom Love. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Seth. How are you today? Very good. And you said you were out for a little run on a gorgeous yeah. Saratoga morning. It was too good to pass up. You know, it's you. beautiful weather. We don't get this weather August, yeah. first week of August, ever. Yeah. And we've had it for a couple of days. It's been yeah. awesome. Yeah. I Sorry about your phone, man. Bummer. I, I know. I'd yeah. be lost. I did. <laughs> I really, and I was like, we half, all are now. I'm right? like halfway here, and I look down. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. And I momentarily debated uh, turning around and I I barely made it by the skin of my teeth this morning and then they locked me out there must have been a loose horse I got right to the gate the guy starts to close the game no you can't get in <laughs> you need a minion or something to go get it for you come on <laughs> that's that's right maybe I should I should have a secretary or an intern yeah oh that's well a, we got some so. let's say yeah that's a, that's a very good idea I hadn't thought about that yeah um we don't make them do that kind of stuff. Though. No, no, say, because like, they're they they are busy. You're not, in, you're in, yeah, we're not yeah, trying to. No, it's not like a run for coffee your, internship. Your yeah. interns are uh, are busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But no, uh, I, I was just going to add. You, you talked about the uh, the run this morning. I yeah. told you as we sat down. I took a walk in the park last night. Mm. Ooh, it was a gorgeous night. Yeah. As it was getting dark, I could hear a little foreigner. I am not a foreigner oh, fan. Yeah. That's right. But, uh, I had some friends that were there. They're, yeah. they're, yeah. They are clearly still popular because the, <laughs> all the nooks and crannies for parking were yeah. taken, but I, I was, uh, uh, it was a really gorgeous night. Last. So yeah, again, great weather. What's well, the farewell tour, they say. I mean, I, uh, how many farewell <laughs> tours do they have? It's like the Eagles, right? It's the last tour. Yeah. I'm, but, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for Elton John to yeah. say, yeah, well, you know what? Second thought. Yeah, uh, I'll yeah. go around again. Yeah, the uh, yeah, it was a beautiful night. We were, Sean and I were finishing up the paper in the office last night, and you know, we I think we always try to cognizantly just say like, just step outside for a few minutes. Yeah. You know, it was a beautiful night. I mean, we, our office overlooks the Oklahoma, so like I was on the phone with somebody and I was talking. I said, I'm looking over the Oklahoma right now. It was beautiful, and I was like, what's it like outside? You know, like yeah. sometimes we're just in there for several hours. Yeah, on no, I, I have been. That's why I took the walk. I was it was really yeah. uh, by. Sunday night, I uh, headed home and, and crashed, and then uh, I was really 
pull out pretty much Monday and Tuesday yeah. as well. Yeah. Kind of trying to catch up. It seemed like I got behind last week. But yeah. you guys will behind it, be behind in about a week or so because here's today's edition of the Saratoga Special. We always yeah. tell pick it up on track, yep. go around town, and you can pick it up. Or this is horseracing.com. You can get it online. That's right. But you're about to kick off your your heavy stretch training. Yeah. So that was issue number seven, which is crazy. Like I was like, it's already week four. I heard you say that earlier, and I was thinking about it last night. Yeah. So we have a good stretch coming up. Friday, uh, Hall of Fame day. Is, we do a Friday edition, which we don't normally do, uh, and then we go Saturday, Sunday, for Whitney preview day, and then a Hall of Fame kind of Hall of Fame induction recap. Uh, Whitney recap on Sunday, and then we'd go right into the sales on Monday, Tuesday, kind of previewing everything that's going on over the sales grounds, uh, in addition to the Sunday racing, which is cool, and then we wrap it all up in the Wednesday edition. So uh, six in a row. Uh, it's a good stretch. It's a little different than the old days. The old days, when I first started, and, and even I think the longest stretch they ever did was 12. We did 12 days in a row. I mean, that's when we were like on a, a four-day calendar, and you know, we, we did like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And man, that sale, you know, we'd recap that sale, that'd be Wednesday. Yeah. So we'd start right in and go right to it. And it was like, whew. now we, we, you know, we think six is a lot. Yeah. No, <laughs> but yeah, big papers, you know, usually huge, uh, great advertising support from, you know, all of our, uh, our clients for the sales. You know, so many uh, farms and the people selling yearlings, the stallion farms, promoting stallions. Uh, and every other business really affiliated or kind of loosely affiliated with the industry. Uh, all the players will start showing up. A lot of them will be here, I'm sure, today. Uh, Jockey Club Roundtable oh, in town table. tomorrow. Um, you know, and then the Hall of Fame Friday, then the Whitney, and then the sales. It's, uh, oh, I didn't mention that earlier. Yeah. yeah, glad you mentioned the Hall of Fame yeah. So if you want to come up for that uh, on Friday, come mm -hmm. early because they've, they've gotten popular. Oh, uh, they're man. at the basic tip of the pavilion now, yep. and uh, it fills up fast. Indeed, and it's it's usually standing room only. Yeah. And you got, you know, Popular horses, Songbird, California Chrome, Arrogate, three horses right there. I mean, hugely yeah. popular. And then uh, Corey Nakatani, uh, Fernando Toro, two California guys, but really cool, um, really cool honorees for sure. Yeah. And then some of the uh, pillars of the turf, including Stella Thayer, who's uh, going to be there. Tampa Bay Downs, just kind of an icon in the sport. Yeah. So it should be, yeah, it should be a pretty memorable uh, event. It always kind of pushes long, you know. I, I love, I love going and seeing like. The trainer's coming in late, you know, like Bill Mott's coming in. He's training over on Oklahoma, and he's, you know, Wayne Lucas. A lot of these guys are going to be there. So you mentioned uh, Wearing Santos. their jackets, yeah. wearing their Hall of Fame jackets. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Jose Santos Jr. Speaking of advertisers, Santos Inc., he's in. He's yeah. an advertiser, so his dad will be there, I'm sure, and, you know, guys like that, Cordero, all the cool cool players they introduce them all it's a lot of fun yeah i saw jose the, the the dad the former jockey the other night that's yeah. where i got his son's uh, phone oh. number he was at the trf gumbo event oh, cool. i should, i didn't mention that earlier either oh, yeah monday night kendrick carmouche gumbo mm. excellent was good good gumbo. yeah yes oh, i missed yeah. out i should have went monday was my birthday so i was oh, celebrating with some friends yeah, yeah. Played a little golf on Monday, played uh, a little hooky, you know. I was just saying to somebody, so I ran into an old high school friend at the track the other day and said, have you been playing golf? I said, I haven't played like the last two summers. <laughs> I got to get out, but I got to start yeah. a par three. So I, yeah, <laughs> I started playing during the pandemic, you know. I mean, it was like 2020. It was a way to kind of meet up with friends. You could do stuff outside and stuff. I hadn't played in years. I used to play a ton, and I hadn't played in years. And now I've kind of played. It's hard to play during the meet, yeah. obviously, but uh, – you know, the way our schedule now is Wednesday and Saturday, I, I can almost play on Wednesday or Saturday just because oh, we're kind of done, like stuff. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. We're the furthest away from the next issue yeah. on those mornings. So, 
like right now yeah, yeah. until we have Friday this week. Yeah. So yeah, quick turnaround, but yeah, yeah. my last uh, free night tonight for a little so, while. So how'd you play? Uh, I actually played pretty good. We played at McGregor. I went with Mark Cassie and Dylan Davis, another friend of theirs. Yeah, Mark is a he loves playing. Okay. Uh, you want to get him going? <laughs> Yeah. Talk about his golf. Uh, he loves okay. talking about golf. Uh, all right. It's fun. Yeah, I didn't even know. Neither of us really knew that we, either of us played. Um, and we got to talking about it one day. We've been friends for a long time. And, uh, and and he brought Dylan along. It was a lot of fun. Dylan was playing the day after the jockey karaoke. So he had some cool stories, some funny stories. So uh, we I played the week before. Dylan played a lot better. I think maybe the jockey karaoke party and was uh, catching up to him but i'm not here to reveal anything but I had katie davis on on sunday and yeah. asked her she said yeah she and her husband trevor they had something planned yeah. and uh the the report i got i what couldn't make it on yeah. sunday night but the report i got was she uh she she said i'm not much of a singer but i yeah. guess she's a show person okay well i mean she's a show person yeah. on the track i mean she's doing great <laughs> she, right she was, she was certainly part of the show, it sounds yeah. like, over there. No surprise. So yeah. good for her. Oh, the Davises are great. Yeah. I mean, Robbie, their dad, I mean, I, he's one of my favorite people. I mean, just such a character. And, you know, he kind of has this great love of life. And, you know, yeah. he's just, you come away from talking to Robbie Davis feeling good, you know. And I feel like he's he's instilled that All in his kids. All three of the kids, yeah. Yeah, they're and such I, nice I, kids. You know, I went over uh, on uh, the day before I had Katie on, and, yeah. and it, it, I said to her, uh, you know, look, you'd like to get you on the show. I need the trifecta of the siblings. Yeah. Because I'd had Dylan and I had, had Jackie. And, okay. Uh, now I've, I've put her on the resume Get them all well. on at once. That's yeah. what she said. And I thought, that's that's a great idea. Bring the dad in. Maybe bring Trevor in. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to have two tiers. Definitely need uh, a moderator. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be up. Yeah, I may be up against you. Yeah, I may, have to, hand, I may yeah. have to hand the baton to somebody else. Don't hand him the uh, microphone. <laughs> Uh, oh, they're great. Uh, they're they're awesome. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Saratoga special. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've you've gone through the schedule, but update yeah. us on. Uh, I I felt like I was treading water last week handicapping, but how are you guys doing on the handicapping? Well, side Charles of Bedard and John Chapazian are kind of deadlocked in a big battle. I mean, they're like uh, 49, 48, I think. Wow, good for them. Yeah, I'm in the 30s. Yeah, I'm 38, I, think, I think I'm 38 or 39. I yeah, think. and that's you know you got that's how you and I are usually pretty consistent. Yeah. So you, maybe you and I are the consistent ones. They're the outliers, uh, right? People are giving me a hard time about it. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, they're lights out. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. That's there's only been what 144 races or something. So I mean, yeah. that percentage is is pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, Charles, that they both had some days where they had you know six, seven winners. You know, with the big cars, maybe the 12 race cars. Uh, five, you know, every yeah. now and again. I look at it and I'm like, oh, I only got like three. But No, I'll usually stick in one or two. As yeah. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. And so far, it's just, and this past week, I just yeah. felt like I was treading the water. Yeah, this time of year too, for me, I always like to try to at least keep it kind of close. I'm, I always seem like I get a slow start and I have to catch up to Shapazian. But this time of year for me, I spent, you know, 15 years in Kentucky. So all the people I know from Kentucky are all my friends. The guys at Fazig are great friends of mine. They give me the hardest time about how bad I'm doing, you know? So, like, it's it's all anybody talks about. I'm like, did you read the 6,000 words of stories that I wrote in there? <laughs> oh, no, they want to know about the handicap. Even my girlfriend was like, you, you got to do better. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> so uh, I always try to catch up while they're here because they're picking up the paper and looking at it and being like, so today we start, uh, nice right? Friends. You nice got to start today. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, uh, and... There's always it seems like a week during the meet where I just do that tread water yeah. and then then rebound. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping for the rebound. It used to be like if I wasn't paying attention to like the weather as close as I should, and I just would lose, I'd lose all three picks because I didn't 
handicap main track only, yeah. you know? And now I'm kind of like, all right, I do it. I do it every day, even like a day like today where it's like zero yeah. percent. No. Yeah. Um, I, I do that because I have picks in the Times Union, too. So you put the MTO on yeah. top and uh, because you only get those three. So. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get some thoughts uh, going back to uh, the yeah. weekend. And uh, there was some, oh, obviously, yeah. some very nice racing. We'll take a look at the stretch run to the Vanderbilt here. <laughs> and, again, that's your, your cover. Uh, great job there. And uh, you said probably Todd Marks' uh, photo there Todd, on yeah. the cover. And yeah. so uh, good work to him. Thumbs up. Uh, elite power versus gunite. Man. I like gunite, but as we'll see here, elite power gets it done, getting up late, yeah. the chart margin ahead. Um, nice performance from the Belmont runner. Yeah, I'm watching this race is giving me goosebumps just yeah. watching it now, you Crazy. know. And I've watched it a, a, a dozen times. I mean, I'm a big gunite fan. I, I really like him. I picked yeah, elite power. Yeah, but I love gunite. He's cool, you know. He kind of yeah. is like he's fast and he, he cuts the. He didn't really cut the corner because he kind of had to go wide around. Dean delivers there, turning for home, but. I love the way he spurted away there, you know, just like a, I'm, di I'm digging down and yeah. going for this line, you know, like get me to the line. And elite power, I mean, just look, you know, when I saw him in the paddock, I'm just like, he could run in like the Whitney, you know, just looking at him. Yeah. And just leveling out and, you know, making up that ground and just getting up at the end. And it was funny, everybody at the end was like, he certainly knows where the wire is. He knows where the wire is. And I thought to myself, I got to look back at his PPs. Like, is he always in these close races? He's actually not. Like, he, he does come from behind. But usually he wins yeah, by more. Yeah. I mean, probably he wins by more because he, he's faced Gunite before. But, you know, Gunite was at the top of his game. I know Steve Asmussen was hugely high on him, uh, which, you know, it's Steve's game. You know, those kind of races, grade one sprints like sprints, that with a yeah, gun runner. Few years. You know, he's really proud. It was really awesome for those horses to put on that show. Just an amazing race, you know, yeah. and really what Saratoga is all about. Yeah, I was about to say that's one of the check marks for this season as yeah. far as stakes performance. Oh, just a heavyweight fight, you know. Uh, uh, Three-year-old season, uh, yeah. three-year-old scene has been up in the air, certainly, and, and wasn't helped a couple weeks ago or last week by uh, a week ago by uh, the Haskell result. But yeah. maybe things sorted out a little bit, uh, or did they, with yeah. the uh, Jim Dandy? Because <laughs> it is Forte. There was a little controversy with the stewards looking. But Saudi Crown lightly race steps into stakes company and really gives Forte all he can ask for. The chart margin winds up to be a nose. But Forte, uh, you know, again, in a three-year-old crop that's a little bit uh, undefined at this point, he, he now is firmly in the conversation, obviously, with the rebound, uh, nice win in the, uh, the Jim Dandy. Absolutely. And, you know, Brad Cox, uh, I talked to him the day, the day of, I think, the day of the Jim Dandy. He was hugely high on Saudi Crown. Horse ran big, you yeah, know, very, very talented yeah. horse. He's a horse they had up here last summer, you know, so he'll, he'll bring his better two-year-olds up here to try to showcase them and get them to run. Had a little bit of a setback, but so he was a, a real quality horse. But Forte, you know, he's putting together a resume, uh, you know, beat Mage in the Florida Derby. He's got the Jim Dandy now. He's got the Fountain of Youth. He's a defending champ, so he's got the second in the Belmont, you know, versus Mage, who's, you know, won the Derby, third in the – Preakness, second in the Haskell. He's he's building a resume, too. I mean, they both have really good resumes. Hopefully all signs go to the Travers. Then you got Arcangelo in there. He's building yeah, his yeah. resume. Grade 2, Peter Pan. Grade 1, Belmont. Now he's going to go Travers. So any of those three win the Travers, they're going to be in the lead. I mean, but then you still got the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, you know? so Pennsylvania we'll see. Derby, too. The and the PA Derby. Yeah, you might see some horses that come out of the, uh, the Haskell and or Jim Dandy or the Curlin, even. Uh, going Pennsylvania Derby, big purse, million-dollar race, grade one. Um, yeah, huge, huge. I'm going to be down there. I love going down there for that every year. It's going to be fun. Yeah, and but, go ooh. rock and ride if you beat older horses yep. out in Calvary. It, yeah. It, it, 
we, we thought the summer would define things, and maybe <laughs> maybe it will maybe the cream will rise to yeah. the top of the class, but it'll still be three or four of them that we'll be we'll be talking about. It will. Yeah. I think it will. You know, I mean, Brad Cox told me. You know, he says, you know, it seems like these deeper tracks, the Naira tracks, uh, in the summer, the races like the Jim Dandy and the Travers, kind of the cream does come to the top. Yeah. And you kind of really get to see who the better horses are. I mean, without a without a, a three-year-old race out in the, on the West Coast. Certainly changes things, but does give go uh, go rocket ride a, the chance to beat older horses. Beetle, yeah, which um, is always a yeah a check mark on huge, the resume. Huge, yeah, in August or yeah, no September or whenever they run it now. Yeah, I think it's um, all right. Always like to get uh, the folks yeah. from the Saratoga Special to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, Steeplechase yeah. race on a Wednesday. Today it's the uh, jo- Jonathan Kaiser Novice, and and just for folks who aren't familiar, Novice. So novices is, is for horses that are kind of newcomers to the jump game, you know, haven't won certain kinds of stakes races. They meet certain conditions. Uh, you know, they have not won over hurdles uh, prior to March 1st, 2022, so they're, they're eligible for that condition. So a horse like Snap Decision, he can't run in here, you know, because he's already been winning over these races. So it's kind of like an entryway and more like a, you know, better than an allowance race, so they get a little bit bigger purse. But qualifies as a stakes in the NSA rules. Yeah, uh, $75,000 up for grabs yeah, good in purse. here. And it is a nice little field. And I pulled up a replay. I put Barbados on top, and mm-hmm. I said on the handicapping show earlier, I was like when horses, jump horses come up to Saratoga off a flat race. Mm-hmm. Well, how about a grade two? Yeah. Uh, in the well beaten in the, the Belmont Gold Cup. But I, I like that they, they took the shot there yeah. off the nice maiden breaker. And we're looking at the maiden breaker here for Barbados. Yeah. And you'll see as they go over to the last jump and come down the stretch, uh, nice little ding-dong battle. But... Barbados winds up pulling away. So off of this race yeah. we're watching, the race two back for this one, I yep. tilted in that direction, but awakened, caramelized, yep. interesting, Mary Maker perhaps. What do you see in the well, open? Well, Barbados is an is a interesting horse because he's been up here, actually. Uh, Arch Kingsley likes to come up here a little early if he can. He's usually an Aiken, uh, but he comes up here. His horses always seem to trans, translate their form to the flat, uh, more of a flat course with jump races. Versus a lot of that race we just saw, it's yeah. up and down on the hills. We're running just on the turf course here, so it's a little faster kind of run race, and his horses seem to adapt to that style. So I picked him second. I actually I went with the house horse. I picked Awakened, which is Sean Clancy's uh, River D stable and, and 10 strike Oh, racing. he's in with Marshall Graham. Nice. Yeah, so oh, he and Marshall kind of teamed up. They bought this horse from the fifth stable last year and, and Shug McGahee, a, a Curlin out of Daydreaming. Beautiful pedigree. Uh, for him, I remember watching the races from Ellis Park back in 2021, and, J- and Sean was like, I'm going to try to buy this horse. And then he won the race at Ellis, and Sean's like, now I have no chance to buy him. But uh, they bought him and turned him into a nice jumper. You know, Jack's, Jack Fisher, of course, needs no introduction, inducted in the Hall of Fame. Was it last year, Jack? Two years ago. And um, he's done great. You know, he was going to run in a novice stake um, uh, this spring. They scratched, kind of thinking ahead to this race. Jack had another one for the same race. Jack won that race, so they kind of zeroed in on Saratoga. You know, Sean's going to be—he's uh, going to be a little nervous over there today, I'm sure. He was really good last night in the office. You know, I know when usually he's got a runner the next day. You know, he's a little amped up, but uh, excited more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we're hoping he's going to get one done here at Saratoga. Um, so I picked Awakened, and then uh, Caramelized is my third pick. I went on Barbados second, and I Caramelized in the third spot. You know, he comes out of a, a couple. Uh, similar novice races. Uh, the race two back was certainly very the Carolina Cup. Yeah, yeah. Is, is a very you know, a long time race, long time race on the uh, NSA schedule, and, and won it. And the Queens Cup, you know, he, he got beat uh, quite a big margin yeah. in there. But, but by Freddie Funch. Layoff, you know, Leslie Young always her, her horses are running well. 
Uh, they always run well up here. So, you know, it looks like those three, but, you know, <laughs> always seems something's going to happen. You know, there's other ones in here. So Cyril Murphy, of course, won the, won the Smithwick, the grade one. He's back with, uh, with McTeague. Kerry uh, Bryan, of course, does a great job of restitution. She brings from the outside uh, with Parker Hendricks, who was having a great, great year last year. So it's a good race. To yeah, start it's a fun car. race. Yeah. Very, very fun race. Absolutely. Yeah. Always like to uh, tout the steeplechase side of things, and that kicks off the Wednesday card. As did Tom Law kicking off racing across America on this Wednesday. Yeah. Tom, always appreciate the visit. And again, yeah. folks can uh, pick it up the uh, Saratoga special on track around town or yep. go to thisishorseracing.com. And again, we'll remind people the yep. selections are available on the website yeah, every so day. Yeah, so the Power Grid, which is, we've got a sponsor, Toga Party Racing. It's a great guy. He uh, he runs the neighborhood kitchen as well, kind of like yeah. teamed up, and he's sponsoring it. Yeah, so you can get the picks in the print edition whenever we print, so Friday through Wednesday, obviously with the exception of Monday and Tuesday, no racing. Uh, and then you can get it online, thisishorseracing.com. I usually try to put them up. Uh, the night before, but quite often I'll put them up early in the morning, just kind of, you know, if I get waylaid doing something. Yeah, so, these days yeah. with people on their phones and stuff, you always have access. Uh, That's right. And plenty, plenty of time. Yeah. Tom, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Seth. Good to see you. All right, we'll head to a break. When we come back, as promised earlier, Matt Miller will join us, the uh, winner of the 2021 BCBC. So we'll talk some contest play. We'll maybe get some ideas for this afternoon. A little bit later on, Jose Santos, Jr., will give us uh, some insights into the jockey agent game, which, again, I think he's kind of revolutionized. So we'll talk about all of that right after this. Stay tuned. Turn your love of racing into savings with equine discounts through the NTRA. Purchase through equine discounts and receive great savings on well-known brands like John Deere, Sherwin-Williams, Big Ass Fans, Farmers Insurance, and Office Depot. Join thousands of other equine members and support companies that give back to the sport we all love. Call 866-678-4289 or visit equinediscounts.com to start saving today. Sometimes it pays to go with the flow, to check your worries at the door, to reconnect with your crew, to follow the thrills and the flavor, to roll with it and see where it takes you, to enjoy every minute to its fullest, and to dance like there's no tomorrow. You can do that here at Rivers Casino and Resort Schenectady, where the good times flow. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play.
I think I heard a countdown, but I let Dino know he has to. Either he has to, or my earpiece has kicked out because I was hearing it through the window and not through uh, through the earpiece. So, uh, but either way. We're back, racing across America on a Wednesday afternoon, and as promised before the break, happy to be joined now by Matt Miller, the 2021 BCBC winner, and we'll talk a little contest play, contest strategy, get some ideas for this afternoon as well. Matt, good morning. Great to be here. I uh, wasn't expecting it for this trip. (laughs) I said to Howard Kravitz, who I'm with for this trip, uh, I feel like we're having the best time here. We just go from thing to thing to thing, having a blast, and... This is unexpected, but really a pleasure and an honor. So thank you. I saw you in the winner's circle the other day, and, and the guys can actually uh, pull up the winner's circle, certified lover boy, and uh, oh you guys had tweeted it out. And there, there are you and Howard as uh, part. Howard uh, in the Adelphi group, and uh, they got a little, nice little win the other day. So that's nice. You come up to Saratoga, and bingo, bango, you're in the winner's circle. I, you know, <laughs> I'm being funny, and I'm being semi-serious. I called up my wife and said, that race, that race may have saved us a million dollars plus. I came to Saratoga without a dollar invested in a horse. I've never owned any. And I get the benefit of a winner's circle picture in Saratoga. I said, people spend a lifetime trying to get this. I think I'm good. It's, it can't get any better. Check off we, the light. We're but... jumping around the winner's circle like five-year-old kids. I, people are laughing. And, yeah, we don't care. And I've got my camera on the whole time. Just it, it's, it, We could have been part of a publicity video. It was so the excitement that you just, the pure excitement you want to see out of people. We had a great time. Yeah, no, I saw you guys right after the race. And that's when I asked you to be on because Howard in the uh, Howard is right there, but he'll be on with us in a couple of days with the HHH uh, Racing Podcast crew. I, I continue to tout uh, for folks, if you haven't seen it, uh, it it's worth the, the visit. I watch over on YouTube a lot at night when I'm handicapping. Uh, at home, and that's where I was kind of introduced to you. As I think it's safe to say you're a semi-regular, right? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not on the team. I'm very intentionally trying to keep a little space because if I were on the team, I would be trying to take over the team, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I love being able to be a regular guest. Uh, and, look, this isn't a paid advertisement for my friend, and I want to also mention a different friend, Pete Fornatale, who falls into the Great same job as category. Well. Uh, between Howard's podcast and Pete's, uh, and I'm really talking about the flagship show, although Nick is also phenomenal, um, I've essentially gotten to stop handicapping. I've come to realize what my strengths are and what they aren't, and I've met people that I legit believe to be better at this than I am. Howard puts in a lot more time than I do with replays and things like that, and so it's enabled me to sit back and focus on the bigger picture, the betting, it's, it's really about betting strategy, contest strategy, game theory, money management. And so I lean heavily now into Howard, into Pete, into Nick. Uh, just give me a decent set of picks. And if it's a decent set of picks, I should do okay on the day. And I, I, I want to talk about some of that game theory because that's what attracted me to, to inviting you on. I, I've seen you on the podcast and I'm always intrigued by listening to the, the contest players. And, and you guys, Howard, uh, will have kind of a contest-oriented show after, like, the BCBC or the NHC or whatnot. And you'll be a guest and, and talk about some of that theory, which I think is a little bit interesting. Before we do that, let me ask, because I'm always intrigued, regardless of whether we're talking trainers or jockeys or players, how'd you get into the game? Uh, I'll look right into the camera and say it's Grandpa Mike. 
that was my mom's. That's dad. a lot of people. A lot of people have the relative. That... Um, he wasn't. I've said this before. He wasn't very good at it, uh, but he was thrilled to have a grandson that showed some interest. Uh, the first time I ever went to the track was with a friend. I didn't know anything about anything. I thought all OTBs were intense. Turns out we were at the OTBs at Arlington a few days after it had burned down, and that was the very introduction I got. Uh, I do remember hitting my first bet. I think, you know, even back then I was covering myself. I had two horses, and I think I seven to two shot one. I was done for the day. So I started a very small, humble, modest, dollar exact, a partial wheel kind of player. Harness races mainly in high school. It turned into thoroughbreds at some point. I still think I was just a very average player, a very typical player. It's really when contests came along. Um, actually, I'll go back a little bit. When, when the pick six era was really kicking with the $2 base bet and with nice carryovers, I found a niche for a little while that actually turned me into a pretty profitable player. Uh, even when I would just go to Arlington, I would look for carryovers at other tracks, and there were days that I'd hit two or three of these things in the same day. I just kind of found a formula. When that well dried up, and for those of you who don't understand, that well has fully dried up. <laughs> uh, when that well dried up, I've moved on from the multi-race bets. Uh, I largely consider them unplayable, even on a carryover day. We will be playing one today, but that is, in my terminology, if you've heard me talk before, I categorize things as, you know, what you're good at and what you like to do, but you know you're not particularly good at. I go back to the movie Rain Man. You probably heard that analogy of, you know, Rain Man playing blackjack versus that Wheel of Fortune game. I look at that pick six as Wheel of Fortune, but it's fun, and we'll, you know, we'll take a shot at sure. it today. But really, uh, it's about... You know, I, and it's funny, I mean, I'm a little scattered, I recognize. I saw a quote on Twitter the other day that I loved. It's, you know, when you're playing poker, it's not about winning the most number of pots. It's about winning the most money. And I do look at these multi-race bets as a trap where people are trying to hit the bet. They're trying to hit the sequence. It doesn't seem to have in their minds much to do with their picks or opinions. It's about hitting the ticket. And honestly, I think it's all wrong. So when we get to our picks later, I've got a pick six single and I have a pick six bet against. So it, there was logic in kind of what I chose here. But okay. uh, it's interesting you, you started because I got into the game across the street at the harness track when I was a kid. You used to come up here on summer nights and, and play the harness horses. Then eventually I became, I still love going over there, but uh, I'm, I'm more keyed into obviously the thoroughbreds now you've kind of alluded to it and, and one of the reasons i wanted to have you here was to talk a little bit about contest play and your thoughts and you've talked about game theory and whatnot and and i have to admit as a i love i play these low rollers over here and i tell people to do that and i've now over the past couple of years started playing a lot of online and i just miss getting to the nhc the, I play like 80 cents uh it, with two weeks to the it had to be one of the last contests back in you know, February or March, and, and I'd love to get out there because we've gone out and covered it a couple of times, and that's a lot of fun. Oh, the first thing I'll ask you, and I, I think I know the answer to this question, but what do you prefer, NHC pick and pray or BCBC live money? I don't want to get too controversial or say anything that gets anybody too upset. 
live money format, live money bankroll for me is an infinitely more pure way of playing. I do think the other way, strangely, is, is better suited to a game theory approach. So it is funny. I do play on horse players or horse tourneys. I've qualified for the NHC, I don't know, four, five, six times through there quite a bit. It, it, would, it would completely infuriate people playing on those sites to understand how I managed to win those tournaments. Uh, usually without looking at past performances, it's, it is completely handicapping the competition and their tendencies. I'll just give a simple example. If you do one of those low ratio $500 tournaments, for 500 bucks, people get very conservative. And so their picks tend to be a little lower in odds. So if you just target that six to 10 to one range, people are too scared. Well, all you need is a couple of those and, and away you go. If you're in one of these crazy ones that has 400 people, you just got to be right. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it's a, some people will disqualify themselves by virtue of just really bad stabs and crazy picks. But other than that, I look at it as a bit of a crapshoot. So I, I don't want to disparage those sites. I recognize, you know, I'm thinking of a buddy, Evan Trover in particular, who is just killing that circuit these days. There is no question there is a real talent there. It's just not my preferred method. I And in part, that's because I'm aware of what my own edge is. Uh, I never thought in my life I'd be talking this way, especially in front of a camera. But my edge now tends to be guts. Uh, I'm playing with house money, and it just allows me to play with a freedom that other people cannot do. You look at the end of these tournaments, at how, and I am, I'm looking right at some of these people and saying, I understand you, and I'm not being critical. The number of people that finish with 3,000 on the button, 5,000 on the button, 10,000 on the button, you know their mentality was, okay, this is a lot of money. I'm just going to bet down to this, and I'm going to stop. You can just tell in talking to me. There is no chance I am going to put any amount of ammunition in my pocket during one of these tournaments. I mean, I'm, I'm, all the ammo I can get, I'm going to use to my advantage and to leverage that. And I just think we're many of us are playing entirely different games in these tournaments. And it, at least until, you know, I, I'm probably most afraid of the poker players in the world coming over to horse racing ah. because I do think they get it much, much better. And those are the competitors I'm most afraid of. It's not the expert handicappers. Uh, there's an awful lot of people, including the old me, that couldn't have possibly told you <laughs> how to turn $7,500 into 150000 in the same day. I wouldn't have even known what to do before. Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, uh, there's a full method. I, this is not an advertisement, and I, I might end up embarrassing myself. I'm recently retired. The first thing I'm going to do is write a book. So I'm coming home from Saratoga. Uh, the book is going to be somewhat about life lessons, game theory, but there'll be plenty of gambling and tournament examples. And yeah, this is a, this will be a big part of it. Uh, well, uh, so next summer we'll have you on talking the book, hopefully. Terrific. Terrific. Uh, but it, it, let's just uh, because we're we're getting closer, I got to kind of wrap things. I want to get thoughts, sure. but I do I did want to. Uh, show the picture uh, of you getting the uh, the big. Uh, I always love the big check. Take the big check home. I always want somebody to bring the, bring the big check to the bank. <laughs> see if they'll see if they'll cash the big check. So, but I, sh I should also note, I would love if I had some fake glasses here so I could lift them up. I can't quite see, but 
doesn't that say 543k on there? That's a nice day at the office. It was pretty good job. Uh, thank you. It was. <laughs> it, I mean, it's a career highlight. Obviously, uh, the answer is yes. When it's amazing how karma comes back. When you are nice to nice people, nice people are nice back. Tim Schramm is about as good a guy as you could possibly put in that spot. And when I look at him as a fan and say. That check would be unbelievably cool in my basement. You bet he found a way to get that to me. <laughs> and uh, it, it is funny. Uh, for a while, that felt like a fun flex. I did keep it in the basement, by the way. But the first time the electrician came downstairs and went to the box <laughs> and looked over, that check is now in a closet. I, I, it was just too embarrassing. I, I couldn't do it. I love that. Uh, and, and I also had to show, uh, again, we're running late, but I had to show the uh, the Knicks go uh, win in the BCBC, class, in, the, in the Breeders' Cup Classic, because this was your, your big wager on uh, uh, on the day. Talk about the wager and talk about uh, your thoughts as they're coming down the stretch uh, with the win uh, by this, Knicks go. This was money in the bank already, in my opinion. <laughs> so once Joel took him to the center of the track, which was where you wanted to be, I had no concerns in the stretch drive, and it was an unbelievable gift to to know for 20-something seconds that you got it. Um, this isn't uh, super fun. It's not like I have some wild story. I had a target that I wanted to achieve in the tournament. I had a horse that I was reasonably certain what the odds would be based on double probables and all that kind of stuff. I needed 33 grand to win to bet him on... My hope was to put 33,000 to win at three to one. So he goes off at 3.2 to one, and I make a little more than I expected. Uh, so, okay, I, that part actually wasn't the hard part of the tournament, nor was the step to get me there, which was just a big win bet on life is good at three to five. Again, I just, I'm looking at this very methodically, and I knew to get from 24K to 33, who wouldn't just take life as good to win? I mean, that sounds so simple when I'm looking at it in retrospect. At the time, you're looking at a million choices, yeah, yeah. and it's so hard, and I could bet less on long shots, and I do think that's a great fallacy at the Breeders' Cup that, yes, there are amazing horses at amazing prices, but favorites do win. And go back and look at some of these recent Breeders' Cup winners, including 21, there aren't massive long shots. It's not like people are hitting crazy things. I think that's infinitely harder to do than to essentially parlay together three or four pretty logical things to happen. Well, we'll talk to one of the HHH podcast crew, Paul Halloran, who put together a very nice day in the contest really this year with some logical uh, horses as well. But I could talk to you, and, and maybe we'll figure something out to, to talk more at some point uh, here when we're down the studio or whatnot because I could talk about even more. You've, you've already alluded to it. Coming into a contest with the goal, you're not just looking to cash tickets. You you have a an amount you want at the uh, the end of the contest because you're kind of looking what's the part of when the kind It's all, to me, it was, it's been fascinating to listen to you uh, on podcast and some of the other Thanks. contest players because, I, again, I think ultimately it helps the handicapping overall on a day-to-day -day basis. And speaking of day-to-day -day handicapping, let's get a couple of thoughts. You said you had one year on and one year off today, eighth race this afternoon, and this you sat down, you were telling me, and I, I was perfectly happy with both of your thoughts. Eighth race, the Della Rose, a mile on the grass. What did you see in the Della Rose this afternoon? I see one horse, <laughs> and I'm, no offense to any of the others. I'm looking at technical analysis. Uh, 
look, the lifetime record's ridiculous. The Saratoga turf record's ridiculous. Uh, but I'm looking at the pattern. And if you look in, as the horse went from 21 to 22, that first race back in 22 ran a really respectable second place by a half. Maybe needed the race because comes back in a grade three at Pimlico and blows the doors off the competition. Went on to have a nice season, but okay, let's fast forward. We now have a break from October to July. Really? Second by half a length? I mean, this looks like a carbon copy, yeah. and so I think this horse is sitting on a monster. Three or four at Saratoga. You've got so many questions answered for you already. What, are we, what kind of odds are we going to get? Well, that's my focus, because nine to five I don't think is realistic. There are some other horses here with some pretty nice-looking records that hope, you know, I like seeing a bunch of ones because I know that freaks people out. If I can get one-to-one, -one, again, it's, it's an even-money horse. I can guarantee, it's one of my primary rules in how I do this, if my main opinion on the day wins, I will walk out of here a winner. And so regardless of anything that happens, my money will be weighted such that even on a one-to-one -one shot, I'll figure it out, whether it's doubles going in or out of them or a win bet, something like that. Uh, I like it because I like technical analysis, too. And I, like you, I love those year-to-year kind of – I think it maybe shows some trainer intent. It shows the horse and how the horse works into form and whatnot. Tenth race today, the finale. Uh, again, I, I said when you sat down, you, you talked, I said, I'm in the same boat as you here, a horse that you're going to play against in the finale. Uh, again, I'm always very careful with my words to not be disparaging or accuse anyone of anything. I find – Vax to be really suspect here. I'm with I'm already with you. Uh, the drop is obscene. This is either, and I don't know Linda Rice, and I promise I don't mean anything by this, this is either a trainer just aggressively going after a training title at Saratoga with a certain winner. Which is a possibility at which Saratoga. Which is a possibility. But it, uh, or you're looking at a horse coming back off of not a lot of time. Uh, it just doesn't, something just smells wrong to me here. And what I then love is you look at the next logical horse. I believe that means the eagle in Spanish. I'm not sure how to pronounce it fully. Uh, at one for 37, literally that's all the handicapping I need to do on that horse. Uh, I'm going to invite the listeners to just go ahead and go shopping on the rest. I don't have a winner for you. I don't think you need one. When you've got the top two price horses in a race... Uh, that are going to be taking all the money. Uh, okay, my buddy Howard likes, got him, I think he said the four baby socks into touring is a little interesting. Um, we'll have to see. I'm getting a text right now from someone telling me that Vax is scratched. That is not a huge surprise. Yeah, that, maybe that's, yeah. Um, but okay, you can still take exactly what I just said and apply it to the six horse, who, again, looks like a highly suspect favorite. You're in the last race of a pick six sequence. People are dying to single, maybe go too deep. I would invite people to go shopping. I don't know, and I know I, I am one of these people, without getting into the whole nasty Twitter argument, I am one of these people that says, if you don't like a horse, don't include him. I don't, so I will not mind losing to the six. I mean, if that horse is two to one or less at one for 37, be my guest. And if I lose, I lose, but I'm going to be alive to 
all the better payouts. Well, instead. my Dark Horse play of the day brought to you by the Dark Horse Mercantile in downtown Saratoga. Baby Sox, the number four horse. Yes. I thought that horse was a little bit interesting. Totally here. agree. So I'm I'm in the, exactly the same boat as you. And yeah, the, the scratch maybe not a surprise there. That just seemed that all seemed a little. Little, a little bit of a chin scratcher, as I like to say. Matt, appreciate it. Again, we could continue talking for uh, quite a while, but we have to move on. Uh, appreciate your stopping by. And, again, I'll tell the HHH Racing Podcast. We'll have those guys on in a couple of days as well. But you can see Matt uh, fairly often on uh, that broadcast as well. But we appreciate the visit today and enjoy the rest of the uh, visit to Saratoga. I'm thrilled to be here. And, you know, like I said, the crazy part is this was the add-on part of the trip. <laughs> the real fun is starting. I mean, I, I, I just can't believe the good fortune we're having. We'll be around. So if anyone wants to talk or whatever, we're always happy to do that. But, yeah, thanks for having me. This uh, has been excellent. terrific. Happy to have you. All right, we'll take another break. When we come back, Jose Santos Jr., we'll talk a little bit about the jockey agent game and more. All of that right after this. Stay tuned. watch the races when you can be in the middle of the action for nearly 20 years bonaventure stables share-based ownership program has made thoroughbred ownership affordable for the everyday fan ownerships of five and ten percent are now available on a nice selection of horses as a partial owner with bonaventure stables you'll enjoy all the benefits afforded every owner visit with your horse in the private stable area Greet the trainers and jockeys in the paddock. And when your horse wins, savor the moment in the winner's circle at Saratoga, Belmont, Aqueduct, or wherever you bring home the prize. Based in historic Saratoga Springs, Bonaventure Stables has been training winners and creating memories since 2005. Learn more, see available horses, and meet our team at bonaventurestables.com. Welcome back to Racing Across America. As promised before the break, joined now by Jose Santos Jr. Again, the uh, offspring of funny side jockey Jose Santos. And I saw Jose at the uh, TRF event Monday night, and I asked for the phone number for his son because I wanted to talk a little bit on the uh, jockey agent side of things. So we're happy to have Jose Santos Jr. join us. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Very good. Happy awesome. to have you on board to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the jockey side of things. Before we get to that, 
Um, unfortunately, Funnyside passed away. I got Jack Knowlton coming in tomorrow for Memories of Funnyside. There's a little event coming up as well, but you were just a little guy. I remember the pictures yeah. <laughs> uh, when your dad was riding the horse. What are your mem Memories of Funnyside? Oh, a bunch of them. Uh, you know, I've been very lucky the last few years growing up in Kentucky after I left Miami for college. I moved to Kentucky, and uh, Funnyside was at the horse park, so I got to see him all the time. And, of course, you know, the lead-up through the Derby, Preakness, and then his four-year-old campaign and so on and so forth. So Funnyside holds a very special place in my heart and my family's heart and a lot of racing fans as well. Yeah, it's no question about it. Quite the war horse. Yeah, yeah. No, no question about it. Uh, certainly uh, it'll be fun to talk to Jack tomorrow as well with some memories. And, again, there's an event coming up. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, also. But one of the reasons uh, I wanted to bring you in be was because you are a jockey's agent, and I think a lot of folks are maybe unfamiliar with what goes on there, so we'll talk a little bit about the basic nuts and bolts. But as I said earlier, I think you've kind of revolutionized the jockey agent game uh, with what you're doing now with jockeys across the country. Most jockey agents maybe have a couple of jockeys, and they'll be at one venue, maybe at a certain time of year, there'll be one venue and a second venue. Uh, looking up your jockeys, uh, and I think we have a, a picture here of your lineup. Uh, Ray Lou Gutierrez, Cabrera, uh, the Biscuit, Biscuitza, Esquivel, uh, Gincalves, um, Manrique, and uh, Diaz. Uh, they are races oh, yeah, all, they are. <laughs> all around. Uh, so you have seven different jockeys, and I put together a little uh, video also of stretch runs going back just a few days ago, uh, a little bit uh, less than a week. And we're looking at jockeys at Hawthorne, uh, Louisiana Downs, and Raylu out at the Finger Lakes. So, again, this is a little bit different than the normal jockey agent. Talk about how you fell into this, kind of coming at it from a different direction, and the number of jockeys you're representing. You know, uh, it was kind of always an idea in my head. I, you know, working as a jockey agent, I started when I was 19 years old, and I always felt like I had a bunch of free time, you know, and I was like, if I could ever figure out a way to spread it out, you know, have riders in multiple jurisdictions, you know, of course, I, I don't have any children or, you know, anything like that. So I've got a lot of free time on my hands. If I'm not working, then really it's just hanging out. And I was always trying to figure out a way to make it happen. And COVID happened and all the draws started going on the Zoom. And I, I saw that and I took it as my opportunity. I said, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen right now. And just kind of jumped right into it and you know there's been some tweaks along the way of course you know because I didn't really have much guideline to go off of you know just kind of what I had thought in previous years of what might work and fortunately uh, we've been able to make it work of those seven riders that you posted I, I, I believe six of them I've represented for over a year now you know so I'm really happy with the fact that you know we've been able to keep guys on and uh, come November Adam will be a full year as well so you know it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, still feel like I have a lot of more room to grow in it as well. I have a team behind me that helps me as well, of course. So it's just mainly staying organized, staying in contact with people, and staying consistent. Uh, and I was going to have Ray Lou in the other day, and he had something come up. So hopefully we'll get him in at some point. But in prep for uh, having him in, read an article on you two coming together. And yeah. I talked a little bit about um, at some point you were – you weren't sure you were going to continue being a jockey's yeah, agent. Yeah, you know, I had a, a six-month period where I had no one to represent. I, I didn't have any riders that I could get at the moment. And uh, my mom, you know, she was helping support me at the time, and she told me, you know, I, I love you, and I know this is your dream, but, you know, you got to be realistic, and, you know, you gotta you got to have a job. And 
she actually got me a job working at Gulfstream on the TV because, you know, I, I was in school for sure. broadcast communication and, you know, it was an obvious step to go do that. And three weeks before I, go, you know, was leaving to go do that, David Cabrera called me and asked me if I'd be his agent at Oakland. And I, I made a phone call to Jared Caldwell because he was the only guy I knew in Oklahoma. And he told me, hang up the phone right now and you call him back and you tell him you're going to be his agent. So I called him and we spoke and I told him, yeah, let's do it. And I had to call my mom and she wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> but uh, ever since then, thankfully, you know, things, things have been on the up. And now I've been with David for five years. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Excellent. You yeah. say you have a team, but, but describe a little bit what, what your day is like. Because, again, you're representing jockeys literally across the country. So what right. is that like in condition books and how do you follow and how do you keep in contact with the trainers you have, have to have relationships with? Uh, just on the phone mainly. A lot of texting, calling when it comes to, you know, staying in contact with the trainers. Uh, a lot of phone calls to the racing offices, of course, on entry days, you know, entering horses, checking on races. And then, you know, just wake up early. Uh, wherever I'm at, I go out to that racetrack most mornings and, you know, go see whoever I need to go see. Even if it's just quick, you know, a couple stop-ins and uh, just stay stay on the iPad, stay on the computer, stay looking up horses and updating what's happened, you know, days past claims, horses to run, workouts and all that. Um, give uh, For folks who aren't familiar, just give the basics of what being a jockey agent is because a lot of people, I think, don't realize that's how many, if not most, most probably, uh, jockeys do get teamed up with their mount in the afternoon. Just give right, an explanation. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I do their booking in the mornings booking for their races and as you said jockeys it's a race to race contract there's no like full-on contract so a condition book will come out probably three weeks prior to when the actual races will happen and once that comes out i'm on the computer trying to figure out which horses are going to go in which races of course you have your list of you know horses you've ridden that you want to ride back you know get in contact with those people right away and then once i see what races i'm opening i'm just going race by race trying to fill in the blanks you know where where can i get on a live horse if I don't feel like I can get on a live horse, I'll try to wait and, you know, maybe something happens, a rider's out of town or a horse comes open and, you know, just trying to get them on the best horses I can while also, you know, keeping the people who you do business with constantly happy as well. So once you figured out well, what or have the idea of what horses are going to, you're calling up the trainers yes, and saying, calling, hey, texting, hey, oh my God. You know, this horse, this race, you know, hopefully we can link up and. You know, sometimes you can, sometimes we can't. They have another rider in mind, and, you know, that won't deter me from trying to get them the next time. So what is your schedule like as far as travel? Are, are you going to all of these tracks at some point or another where your jockeys are running? Yeah, I, I would say I, I travel about once every two weeks to one of the, the locations. Usually I'll stay in, uh, like this last summer, I stayed in Dallas for the summer. It's a really good spot for me to fly out. My girlfriend and I, we live over there in Dallas, so... That, that airport's unbelievable. I can be in Louisville in an hour and a half. I can be in Oklahoma City in 45 minutes. I can be in New Orleans in 50 minutes. I can be in New York in two hours, two and a half hours. So Dallas is uh, where I'm spending most of my time. So that's home base? Yes, home base is Dallas, yes. Uh, very good. So what's what's your summer like? Because I know uh, when I talked to your dad, I think you were out at the Finger Lakes. You said you were going to be back here. Yes. You said you were walking around the backstretch uh, earlier this morning. So this what's is the summer a, like? This is a summer place to be. <laughs> so, you know, everyone's here and... Uh, if you're not at Saratoga, you know, or Del Mar, I feel like you're really not fully into the game on what's happening. And in the summertime, a lot of my riders are shipping around for stakes, and this is a great place to run into people to find that out. So I, this is my second year where I've stayed the full summer here, and uh, I believe 
I believe that's going to be the plan. It's, it's and you said out. you were walking around the back stretch, but Ray Lou's kind of been back and forth. Yes. Uh, so he's been riding here a little bit. Um, but you don't really have a regular here, but you you just work the back stretch because right. here's where the well, horsemen even, are. For instance, like Ray Lou riding in a place like Ellis and uh, Adam in Colonial and riding at Ellis as well. A lot of those trainers, they're here with their main strings. And, you know, if I walk around Colonial or Ellis, I'm going to run in. Yeah. to their assistant trainers and you know they're going to lead me the best they can but at the end of the day they're most likely going to call the head trainer you know to get the final word so i figured be over here and get it done myself so i said you have i think uh, as far as a jockey agent kind of revolutionized the game uh, is that fair to say do you do you feel uh, that way i don't really feel that way I, okay. i'm doing what i love that's that's the way i see it i i'm, I'm having a lot of fun I love watching horse racing. I love being involved with the riders because I myself wanted to be a rider, and clearly I got too big. But this is as close as I'm ever going to get. And to be involved in that many races and have the relationship with the riders and also the trainers. You know, I grew up knowing a lot of these people, whether they were wanting to be trainers at the time or my dad rode for them, you know. So it's it's just fun. It feels safe and home, and I, I love what I do. Uh, I hadn't thought of that either. You, you talk about, you know, watching the race. You must spend your day. How many races do you oh, want? Yeah, you have no, to, you, you want to watch your rider, and I know, so how yeah. many races there's do you days, watch? It I've had day? days where we were involved in, I wouldn't say 47 races because sometimes my riders are riding against each other, but I've had days where it's 47, 50 mounts in a day. and Yeah, it's it's fun, though. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun, you know? Because you, you're bested in, right, in yeah, all of you're, that. You're so. in it, and um, yeah, yeah. even races you're not involved in, you want to be in those races. So you got to watch and see what happens, and hopefully an opportunity comes out of watching the race. So you've been around, obviously, since you were a kid with your dad and whatnot, but now uh, representing all these jockeys. Um, do you have a favorite racetrack or a, a couple or three favorite this, spots? This is my favorite racetrack okay. right here, yeah. I mean, I the first racetrack I ever went to was Saratoga. I was 10 days old. My dad won the Jim Dandy on Unaccounted <laughs> For. And then the next, race, uh, the next week he won the Whitney on Colonial Affair. And I've been coming here every single summer except for the COVID year. I've been here every summer at some point, and this is, this is it's special. That's for sure. Everyone who comes, they know that. It's yeah, yeah, I, I'm a homer, so I right. definitely agree, but I certainly like to hear that. Well, Jose, we uh, we really appreciate the visit this morning because, again, I wanted to bring in, A, just because I think a lot of people, as I say, I think we draw a lot of new people in to watch during the meet, and I don't think they're familiar maybe with what a jockey agent does, but you've kind of, I think, raised the, the bar a little bit with uh, the seven jockeys around the country, so I wanted to talk about that as well. Congratulations on you know, the seven jockeys, seven successful jockeys, and, again, managing that and whatnot, and I uh, wish you a lot of good luck going forward. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Happy to do it. Uh, Jose Santos, Jr., again, uh, as I say, I feel kind of as revolutionized the jockey agent game, certainly, uh, and keeping this computer warm on Zoom, uh, checking out the, uh, the entries at the various racetracks for his jockeys as well. All right. We'll wrap it up for this Wednesday morning as we kick off week number four here at Saratoga. Beautiful day. Come on up uh, if you have plans uh, to do so and enjoy the racing. If you don't have plans, maybe change them because it's going to be a gorgeous day of racing up here at Saratoga. We'll be back in tomorrow for uh, the morning programming, 9 a.m. Uh, handicapper support, 10 a.m. Racing Across America. Enjoy the racing today. We'll see you tomorrow. Capital OTV is now streaming live on Roku. 
The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN Channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. The Clubhouse Racebook is the Capital Region's new home for racing and sports. 25,000 square feet of Vegas-style action with live wagering on the best horse racing from around the world. 260 flat-screen televisions and state-of-the-art wagering terminals. So don't miss out. The fun is only minutes away at 711 Central Avenue, Albany, just off exit 5 of I-90. And don't forget, if you can't make it to the Clubhouse, you can always wager online 24-7 at CapitalOTV.com. Come on. I want sales reports on my desk by Monday. Whoops. My bad. Love racing? RTN brings you every live simulcast on your home television, plus live video streaming and race replays on your PC and mobile devices. To order, visit RTN.TV. RTN, a breed apart. You've been watching Racing Across America. Racing Across America has been brought to you by Pinnell's Restaurant, a Saratoga tradition since 1922. 284 Jefferson Street, Saratoga, just minutes from the track. And the Clubhouse Racebook, 711 Central Avenue, Albany. When you can't make it to the track, make it to the Clubhouse Racebook.